0: You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. Okay, Bo and Katie, I'm excited because today on the podcast, we're finally going to start in on what we call the pursuit. Now, so far on many different episodes, we've told people um, to take the pursuit with somebody. You know, the pursuit is a 12-week, just sort of a summary on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Tracy and I brought you two through the pursuit. It was really awesome to do this with you over 12 weeks and just to see your eyes open with each new lesson was really awesome. And so... For a few weeks now, a couple months now, we've been planning on doing this just like a a special version of the pursuit for LDS investigators. So what that means is for the next 12 weeks here on the podcast, we're going to be walking through each of these 12 lessons and helping people to really understand um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So we're we're probably going to talk a little bit less about Mormonism and culture and theology and stuff like that. These net for these next 12 weeks, but we're going to mix it in for sure because Bo and Katie, I want you to help. I want you, since it was just a few months ago that we did this with you, I want you to really be able to react. It's still fresh in your mind, you know, when we brought you through these lessons and some of the things that you learned. And so I'm excited for you to, I don't know, maybe like translate this for our Mormon our LDS investigators who might be sort of coming out of Mormonism and and coming into biblical Christianity. So I guess, what would you say to start, before we even get into this, what would you say to start to the person who's listening to this, who might be, I don't know, maybe a little, ner- little nervous about this?
1: Yeah, I just I just hope that um, that those listening will kind of be able to understand maybe the differences between Mormonism and Christianity a little bit deeper. And, and hopefully, um, Understand where this whole podcast is coming from, right? Like the Unveiling Mormonism podcast is not um, just intended to to pull the curtain back on on Mormon theology and doctrine, but it's also to uh, to compare it to biblical Christianity and to help people understand that there is a difference. There's a big difference, and um, to encourage people to follow the God of the God of the Bible. And so, um, it's my hope that you know that people will will listen for the the next twelve weeks and really understand um, what the God of the Bible teaches, uh, and, and compare it to what they know, uh, about Mormonism, whether, whether that's from, uh, a, a, you know, a former Mormon's perspective, a current Mormon's perspective, or from a, a Christian's perspective so that they'll uh, have a better understanding of, um, you know, what people with a, a Mormonism's past, um, kind of are dealing with theologically. And, uh, for me, as I kind of came out of Mormonism, there, there were quite a few things that I had to, break apart, uh, understand. And then I had to kind of rebuild a faith. And, um, thankfully, you know, you, uh, you were there, Tracy was there and others were there to, to help me rely on the Bible because I think there are so many people leaving the Mormon church right now, just in droves. And unfortunately, a lot of them are just going to live a godless life and forget <laughs> that God's word is still there and and unfortunately so many people abandon God's word altogether because they feel you know I we've, we've covered this before on this podcast they feel hurt they feel uh lied to they feel ashamed they feel broken whatever um and they they feel angry with the God they know of forgetting that there's there is a God of the universe that loves them and that's calling to them and so yeah it's my hope my prayer that that listeners will um will 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 look at this with open eyes open heart and uh and hopefully kind of go through this with us.
0: Weren't you tempted to, a little bit tempted to do the same thing? I mean, I think about your story, Bone, KD, KD, and I'm, honestly, I'm still shocked. We talk about this offline all the time. I'm just so shocked at how invested you are in biblical Christianity in such a short amount of time. And it gives me hope for some of our listeners who might think, man, that, that's a world away from me. That's that's gonna take me five years or 10 years to really embrace biblical Christianity. But but I don't maybe you guys can speak to that for a second. Bo and KD, you guys have embraced it really quickly. Now you probably you still have questions, you're still working through things and you will for years, but but it's pretty amazing to me like how how much life you're experiencing with Jesus after coming out of the Mormon church that was your church for 36 years. So speak to that even before we jump into this, Katie, maybe for you, like what what word of encouragement would you give to the person who's listening who might feel scared and maybe even a little bit hopeless when they think about life outside of the Mormon church?
2: Yeah, it can really seem hopeless for sure at first. I know that I went through a period of mourning and grief, like just sort of mourning the theology I thought was correct my whole life, and there was definitely a temptation to want to leave it all and just sort of rebel against any thought of a God, you know, who loves me. But what I just, I really found um, going through the pursuit with you guys was that that there is a God who is bigger than I ever imagined, and that Jesus Christ is even better than i was ever taught and he gives so much hope and healing and through the journey of the pursuit i i was able to you know process the emotions of resentment of sadness of grief i was able to process them almost more quickly through finding jesus christ because he provided for me a light and a way through that darkness and really illuminated the path to 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 him through the Bible. And um I have just been just hungry. Uh, a hunger I didn't know was there was sort of awakened and I've just been so hungry and just been studying the Bible and it's so it's so different than I had thought originally, I thought I knew who Jesus was. I thought I was a Christian as a Mormon, but then going through the pursuit and realizing that I had been missing the true Jesus of the Bible and how beautiful, um, that, that teaching is and who he is, is amazing. And so I, I think that's the message of hope is Jesus Christ. And, and I'm just so excited to open this up and to really show people who are looking for that light, even though Mormonism you're leaving that and that's really hard, but there's, there's so much light and love through Jesus Christ that it's, it's going to be so exciting and I cannot wait to go through this.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I guess the only thing I would add, Brian is I, I think, um, yeah, like we are kind of on fire, right. A little bit. And, and, uh, but that's that's what happens um, when yeah when you accept Christ as your Savior, like you really do become a new creation, and God lives in you, and um, and uh, it's awesome and, and and new and exciting. But but I also just think like uh, very like super motivating, right? I, I'm much more motivated to to share the good news um, than I am to. You know, talk bad about the Mormon Church or any other church, and and so that that's why you know hopefully listeners have have heard that in in these podcasts is the goal is not just to unveil Mormonism for unveiling sake, it's to to help listeners understand that um, just because the Mormon Church isn't true, just because Joseph Smith um, you know may have deceived or lied or, or whatever you're feeling right now, um, that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. That doesn't mean that Jesus didn't die for you um he did and he rose again and so hopefully yeah as we go through the the pursuit um together you know you'll the listeners will be able to to understand and um feel that truth
0: you know i've heard it said that the way that they train up federal agents who who look for counterfeits the way they train them up to spot a counterfeit is by studying the real thing and that by really knowing the real thing the the dollar bill or 100 dollar bill or i don't know whatever thousand dollar bill, if that's a thing, but the way that they know, the way that they know the real, the way that they know a counterfeit is by studying the real thing. And that, that's why it's going to be, it's good that we're jumping into this because what we're doing now is studying the real thing. Cause so many Mormons or people with Mormon backgrounds say, man, I just have a million questions. We're going to answer those over the next 12 weeks. I mean, not every one of them, but we're going to give you a framework that'll really be helpful for you to understand the truth of the bible not just understand what was wrong in mormonism
1: yeah and i think that's that's going to be important here because um we're going to we're going to talk through things like who god is you know um why is the bible reliable right who we are what's what's the relationship with god supposed to be who G- who is jesus why does that matter like we're going to be covering all this stuff and that's it's critical obviously for any um belief or faith in God to understand those things, but it's also important for for people who are questioning or, or doubting or leaving Mormonism, uh, especially to understand that there's a massive difference and um, a saving difference.
0: Yeah. Okay, one last thing before we jump into lesson one. So Bo and Katie, what would you say, how should people consume this series? Because you can find it online at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. Again, it's called The Pursuit. But at PursueGod.org, we have different versions of The Pursuit. And this is the LDS investigator version. So this is going to have the podcast. You know, the basic content's the same, but the podcasts are different because we're speaking to LDS investigators. So what would you recommend, guys, for people who are listening to this um, if they really want to complete this series over the next 12 weeks?
2: I would definitely um, go to um, PursueGod.org and read through, um, lesson one, maybe after you do this podcast. And then if you've got questions, if you need more, get connected, get connected with a mentor, ask questions, you know, send an email because, um, you will have a lot of questions and things are, you're kind of sort of sifting through what's, you know, what's true and sort of kind of unraveling your, um, past and getting introduced to this new, um, Christianity and this new God. And so I would definitely, you know, reach out to somebody.
0: Now you guys went through it with us. So I would encourage people out there who are listening. If you have a Christian friend, the best way to do this is to do it with a Christian friend. So someone who goes to a biblical Christian church, now maybe you haven't found that church just yet. Hopefully you do. And and find someone who can walk through this with you, because it's so helpful to have a guide with you to, to talk through some of the discussion questions at, at the end of each lesson. And, you know, someone that can help answer some of your questions, because you're going to have questions. Bo and Katie, you guys did, and it was helpful for you to have Tracy and myself to walk with you. So for our listeners out there who honestly, if you don't have a Christian friend yet, and maybe there are some who don't shoot us shoot us an email podcast at pursue dot org and we'll we'll get you connected so guys let's jump in the first lesson is called three truths for every pursuit of god and so we're this is where we just the point for this first lesson is just a kind of a soft intro to the God of the Bible and as we were prepping for this podcast episode guys we were like is this really that is there anything that really jumps out to a Mormon listening audience some of the other lessons there's a ton of stuff to talk about when we're talking about the differences but at first blush we were like I don't know if this is that different but then as we talked about it we're like no this really is different because because the god of the bible really is different than the god of of mormonism because the god of the bible is for you he's not against you he's not like a bean counter um waiting to see if you kind of like waiting to see if you've earned your way, right? Is that a good way to say it? He's not, you know, we, we've got this story we that we uh, we refer to here, Matthew chapter eight, verses two and three. It says where this, this man with leprosy approaches Jesus and kneels before him. And he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said, I'm willing. So what's interesting about this is the guy, the leper knew that God had the power to heal him. But what he didn't know was the the heart of God. He didn't know the willingness of God. And I I don't know, is that something that maybe a Mormon needs to hear? Is that God is willing? God God's heart for you is good.
2: I think everybody sort of takes Mormonism indifferently, but for me, this was something that I I needed to hear because first of all, once you're once you've sort of decided that Mormonism isn't true, you're gonna feel pretty hurt. And um, just knowing that there's a God who's willing to walk with you, to be there for you, and to help you is huge. Um, And I think for sure in Mormonism, it can at times feel, uh, I've spoken to this before, but feel a little bit um, heavy, shameful. You're trying to live up to all these standards that are really difficult to live up to and ultimately— for some, like myself, impossible.
1: But yeah, look, the, God is for you, not against you is is a, a big deal, right? Because um, he's not just a bean counter. He's not just counting your good deeds compared to your sins and like weighing them on a scale, right? And And that's such a, for some reason, just like something that I really struggled with in Mormonism, like just the, the feeling of guilt and shame for doing things wrong. And so doing just a ton of good deeds to make up for those things, forgetting that there is no amount of good deeds I could do to outweigh my sin because I'm a broken, sinful person. We all are like, we need Jesus. And so anyway, yeah, I I would say that 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 is a that is a big difference, right? And and even just who God is, and we're, we're going to get into this in this podcast series, but um, it is totally different, right? And, and and so we'll get into that too. But yeah, a God who is for you, not against you,
0: and He's for this. Maybe this is what's helpful for listeners to understand. He's for the person who's leaving the Mormon Church. He's for you because if you're leaving the Mormon Church or if you're considering that, maybe that's why you're listening to the podcast. That's why you're going through this series. You probably have this, I mean, guys, how many people have we met? Even you guys struggled with this, that you just feel guilty. You feel like you're doing something wrong. You feel like you're, you're, uh, even the message you're going to get from, from bishops and family members, the message is you're screwing up. God is like, don't turn your back on God because he'll turn his back on you. So there's, I think that's, that mentality just keeps people in the Mormon church For way too long.
1: It does. Yeah. The, the covenant relationship you have with God in the Mormon church is so significant because you've made these covenants with God, these specific promises to God. And if you keep those, which are impossible to perfectly keep, right. Which is why in Mormon church, which is why you need Jesus to like, make up the difference, make up the gap. But, but again, if, if you keep those covenants, then God is, has got your back. Right. But if you don't keep those covenants, you're done. You're cut off. And, and that's, that's the biggest difference here, right? Is no, no, no. The, the covenant relationship is Jesus's blood. Jesus's blood is the covenant relationship. Like that's the, that's the, when, when Christ came, died on the cross, rose again, like that was his covenant with his people. If you believe in Jesus as your savior, his blood covers you. So that anyway, that that's, I don't, I can get preachy sometimes, but that's, that's the point here, Mm -hmm. right? Like God is not a bean counter. God is not saying like, if you do this, then like you're good. So if you keep all of these X, Y, Zs and it's almost, and and maybe Brian, we can get into this a little bit because if, if you study the old Testament, it sort of feels like the God of the old Testament a little bit. Now it's not, but it, but it kind of feels that way. So maybe you can sort of explain that. That difference, because I think even for me coming out of Mormonism, I was like, well, I mean, God gave the Ten Commandments. God gave commandments to His people, the you know, the the people of Israel. So, so why couldn't He have given covenants to Joseph Smith and you know, right? So, like, maybe we can talk about that for a second. Well,
0: yeah, no, that's a good point, and and the reason is because it was in in God's salvation plan, the Old Testament. Paul talks about this in a couple places, but in Galatians, he talks about the purpose of the law. Like, why would God give the law? If Jesus came and basically fulfilled the law so that we don't have to live under bondage to the law anymore. And Paul answers. He says, the reason is because he wanted us, he wanted us to see how sinful we are. So the reason the reason we have the this temple system in the Old Testament, the reason we have the covenants in the Old Testament, the reason we had shedding of blood and all these things. In the Old Testament is because it gets fulfilled. It's a, in an, another biblical author said it's the shadow of things to come. It gets fulfilled in Jesus. So Jesus is the priest, but Jesus is also at the same time the sacrifice. So he's the lamb, but he's also the priest. So Jesus fulfills all these pictures that we have in the Old Testament. And so now when we read the New Testament, we're like, Oh, I get it. And just this is the experience you guys have had. You're like, Oh, I get it. Oh my gosh, yeah. How how could I not see this? This it's so obvious. But what what's crazy about Mormonism is it uh, the the supposed restoration of the New Testament apostolic Christianity brings temples back. But but they but Jesus did away with temples. Bo, you do a good job saying this. We're the temple. We're our bodies are the temple. The Holy Spirit doesn't need the temple anymore. God doesn't need the temple to dwell in because he dwells in us. And so this this whole idea, uh, when I first learned about Mormonism, this whole idea of this is a restoration, it just didn't make any sense to me because I understood the movement from Old Testament to New Testament and the consistency between Old Testament and New Testament. We're moving forward and Jesus is setting us free, and we're going to get into this more in the weeks ahead, but then... It, it, in at least in my mind, guys, it seems like Mormonism goes backwards and and like puts people back in bondage, like in the Old Testament.
1: No, it does. No, you're right. That's and that's why I wanted to bring this up because it is a different God, right? the, the God who is for you and the God who's for you, He came, bled, and died for you. That that God um, is the one true God, right? Like, like I, I just think it's so important to understand the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant um, for a Mormon, like for a Mormon that kind of went and did the whole thing. (laughs) Um, I I think it's important to understand that difference because you're going to feel guilty coming out of Mormonism, feeling like you're breaking up your eternal family. You're going to be feeling like you're, you're giving up on promises you made in the temple. And you were told that like, if you break these covenants, you are damned, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many things that, that you're, that you're going through that you're feeling now you're also feeling, but I, don't believe that's true. I believe Joseph kind of made it up, stole it from the Masons, but you still, for some reason, feel this guilt, shame and regret and, and, and confusion. So anyway, it's, it's, yeah, I just want to bring that up.
0: How did you guys deal with those feelings then as you were, you're, you know, these people that you loved and respect, you still love, I mean, you love your parents, you talk, and I appreciate that, that you're, you want to have a relationship with your parents. You, you feel badly for them that, that you disappointed them. And our listeners are going to feel that same way. How did you guys work through the emotions of that when bishops and parents and family members and friends and neighbors and ward members, all these people are telling you the same thing that you've been hearing for 30 plus years. How did, like, why'd you go through with it? I guess is my question.
1: Honestly, and this is kind of funny, but a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of time studying the Bible. And, and the more I studied the Bible, the more I fa- found the God of the Bible. Um, so I would say those two things, obviously, uh, being able to, to talk through this with, with other people, mm-hmm. uh, especially other Christians was really, really critical for me to be able to understand the differences. Um, and then just making sure that I studied the history of what I was leaving because I had been masked and and hidden and covered up for so long that the more I uncovered, the more sure I was that this thing um, that Joseph created was something that Joseph Smith created, not something that God created. And so, uh, so that's, that's what sort of reaffirmed my pursuit in God. It was like, okay, I got it wrong for 36 years. I'm not, I don't want to go another week um, having it wrong. And and that's what I was determined of is like, I knew I'd had experiences with God. And I, I, I just, I knew it. And, and I like, you just, you see it, you look around at nature and you're like, no, there is a God. And if there is a God, I want to know him.
2: I think there were times when we were going through the pursuit and sort of untangling ourselves. I, we would check in and say, how are you doing? And I, I would often say like, if I don't think about anybody else that I'm disappointing, not our friends, our parents, our family, if I don't think about them and I think about us and our family, I'm doing so good. I feel like, yeah, yeah, better than ever. Um, but then, you know, that the weight of family is huge in Mormonism. It is, it is like something that, I mean, I, I know people who have left and still haven't even told their family, like they haven't told their family because that is just such a big hurdle. Um, we told our families pretty quickly because we knew we didn't want to live in a way where we were sort of like lying (laughs) not really, but like just, yeah, kind of lying to people about what we were doing and we wanted to find Jesus. That was really our heart. We, we started to really doubt the Mormon church and we both knew that we needed more Jesus in our life. And we, we didn't know, we thought we knew who he was. Bo said, well, let's try Christianity. And I said, oh, that'll be so easy. I'm already a Christian. So yeah. And then we started going through this pursuit and I was like, oh, I've had Jesus wrong. I've had Jesus wrong this whole time. And he is so much more than I ever, ever thought. And at first it was scary because I did not want to give up that checklist because I did really good at that, guys. I was so good at that checklist. I did not want to let go of that, but God needed me to. He needed me to give him my life and and give him the glory because I'm not um, able to do that at all on my own. And getting to know Jesus of the Bible has been the absolute best thing for us and our family and and now on the other side of it knowing that it's much easier to to live out loud to live our faith even with people we know we've disappointed
0: so you guys are good at keeping a checklist but i want to talk to a sec for a second to the listeners who are not good the listeners who have maybe been jack mormons for a long time. And, and now they're going through... They've been listening to the podcast, and God's getting a hold they've of... They've been drinking coffee for a couple That's of years. That's right. Yeah. We, yeah, so you yeah, guys yeah. haven't done. You've never done. And I, I think it's good to speak to those listeners, because they're the ones that need to hear this, that Jesus shocked the religious world with his attitude toward the lost and irreligious. He invited... Think about his, his disciples. They were fishermen. That was kind of like, pretty much like not a not a glamorous job, they were fishermen, and then tax collectors, which those guys were despised. So he didn't come to religious experts. He didn't come to the Pharisees or Sadducees, or maybe to put it in terms of, I don't know, that Mormons would understand. He didn't come to bishops and stake presidents and return missionaries and seminary teachers, like the track that you were on, Bo. He, he yeah. actually didn't come to those people he came to fishermen and tax collectors. So I want to speak to the to the Mormon who was out there who said, oh, I wasn't really a good Mormon anyway. I wasn't a good Mormon in the first... Because I think those people have probably lived under the weight of um, just this, this sense of unworthiness for their whole lives. And that's why they probably left the Mormon church. I, I think you guys maybe speak to those people for a second about what you've learned about worthiness from the Bible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. Cause I, this is, I think a big revelation for me and for KD was that Jesus came not to those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners. Like that's who he, he came to call to himself. Right. Like, um, and, and I'll tell you, I thought I was righteous as a Mormon, right? I, I dotted every T whoop dotted every I crossed every T let's get it right and uh yeah thought I, thought i was righteous right um thought i was a quote unquote good person um but jesus came to call those who know they are sinners i love that uh that is god god is for you not against you um and and for all those yeah for all those people uh, out there who who struggled to maybe keep the checklist right as a Mormon. Cause there's a lot of boxes to check or, or maybe, and hopefully you saw through it and you said, okay, why can I drink two monsters a day, but I can't drink a cup of coffee. Mm. Like that doesn't make sense. Mm. Right. Like hopefully you were better than me and you saw through that stuff. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like God came blood and died for you. Right. Like Jesus came to call everybody because we're all sinners. And, And those that know that they're sinners, who are humble enough to receive his message, are those those who he's calling to. So I just hope that everybody out there listening, especially those that that maybe felt guilt or shame for living a certain way uh, as a Mormon, maybe you um, struggled to keep the word of wisdom, maybe it was something else, right? Maybe it was a, a struggle with believing in the Book of Mormon, maybe it was a struggle with your, you know, believing that you had to confess your sins to a priesthood leader, whatever it yeah. was. Um, I just hope that you'll understand and and recognize, or at least come to recognize that God is so much bigger um, than the God you grew up with in Mormonism. God is, and he's calling to, to you. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's probably what I would say there, Brian.
0: And here's really the great irony of religion. It's that the ones who look the most religious are actually the furthest from God. So, so think about that the last time you visited the ward. The ones who look the most religious, according to Jesus, are the furthest from God because of what you just said, Bo. That was Jesus speaking, Mark two seventeen, that I've come not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. So the people that, that are high and mighty and self-righteous, those are the only people Jesus can't reach. He's not going to force himself on those people, and those people don't want Jesus.
1: Those were the people that rejected
0: Jesus. Yeah, and they're the people today, they're the people who want to get to God on their own merit, on their own good works. So good news, if you're listening and you didn't make it in the Mormon church, good news. You can make it in Christianity, right? Because Jesus did it for you. Now again, Bo and Katie are sitting here, and you guys were like the Pauls, I guess. You, you were making it, and then God just like opened your eyes and revealed himself to you, which is cool. That's a cool story too. But probably the bigger, the more common story, the more common listener of this podcast is going to be the person who didn't fully fit into the Mormon church. And and here's what you need to know is Jesus came for you. Jesus wants a relationship with you. It's you're no, you're not worthy, but no one, no one at the ward is either. Nobody's worthy. And that's the place to start. That's where you start a relationship with Jesus is recognizing you're a sinner. And then that those are the ones that he reaches out and touches. So anyway, that's to me, I think that's just really a cool place to start for, for our, our listeners who are coming out of the LDS church. So let's let's talk for a second about this verse, John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses. I, I, I don't know if this was a verse that you heard a lot in the Mormon church, but we quote this verse all the time at, at our church, because it's so descriptive of what Of Jesus' heart. He he says this. The thief, he's talking about Satan, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus says this I have come that people may have life and have it to the full. So this is this is Jesus' heart for us. It's not like he's got his thumb on us and he wants to, he wants to give us all these rules and make life boring for us. He he wants us to experience this fullness of life relationships that are full emotions that are healthy work that's meaningful a connection with god in his community at church like he wants all of this to be fulfilling that's his vision for us that's his goal for us he wants us to have a full life and we talk about this in terms of of three main things we're not going to get into great detail on this but this is where we're going to be going over the next 12 weeks we talk about the full circle pursuit of god if you really want to experience this full life you need to think about it in terms of like a, a circle, three arrows, kind of like a recycle circle. The first arrow is we start a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. Now, we're going to talk about that in lessons four, five, and six of this of this series. We're going to get into what that means to trust Jesus. We're, we'll talk about sin. We'll talk about who Jesus is. Katie, you mentioned that the Jesus of Mormonism, you realize, was so different than the Jesus of the Bible. We're going to get into all that in lesson five. And then in lesson six, it's kind of an important lesson, is we're going to talk about how to become a Christian, how to trust Jesus for salvation and become a Christian. So that's where we're going in these next six weeks. Now, once, once you've done that, then you move on to the second thing. And maybe you guys can speak to this for a second from the perspective of, of former LDS people, because according to the Bible, we Christians should move on to honor God with our lives. So he wants us to honor him. And I know, I think Mormons tend to think of Christians as people who feel like they can just do whatever they want and live these lifestyles that are so ungodly. Is that, am I getting that right? Is that kind of how Mormons tend to view Christians?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think we had a, what was it, a saying on my mission It was born again, saved from sin, never have to repent again. Something like that was was how we would describe Christians. Um, as, as an LDS missionary, because again, the checklist feels so good, right now it's it's also awful at the same time, but it feels so good when you're checking the boxes, uh, that, yeah, that was kind of our view. That was a Mormon's view of a Christian was like someone that, that maybe just couldn't hack it, you know? which is so not the case. And and I know that sounds just so terrible f- that I'm saying that, but that was, you know, me as a young Mormon missionary, for sure, what, what kind of we thought.
0: Well, to be fair, I think it is the case for a lot of quote-unquote Christians. I think there are a lot of people who walk around calling themselves Christians who are not living to honor God, and I think that's terrible. I'm just going to put this out there. I think that's terrible. But what have you experienced at our church? Have you, ex- like in general... From what you can see so far, are you do you see a community of people who are genuinely trying to honor God, or do you or do you see a community of people that are just rule breakers and trying to live like these terrible, like worldly lifestyles?
1: Well, no, no, I. Well, um, we've we've talked about this on on this podcast before. Our when we went to a non denominational Christian church, when we went to Alpine Church. It was incredible, right? Like we walked in there and obviously we were the best dressed because we had no idea what to wear, but, um, but it was just full of unassuming believers in Jesus who were there to worship and praise God. And it was just so awesome. It was, it was, it was amazing to see all these people, um, who weren't there to impress others. They were, they were there to worship Jesus and, if you were there to worship Jesus, like they'll throw your their arms around you and um and praise with you and and pray with you. Like that that just that experience and it, and it's been the same experience week over week. Um and and that is just I've just been so grateful for a community of Christians truly. Um and man, what a difference. What an incredible difference.
2: I see when I go into Alpine is people who know that they're not worthy, you know, that they're sinners. And what they're there to do is to hear the word and to do their best to honor God with their life. That's not gonna be good enough when we get up there. I can't present my list of good deeds. That's not gonna satisfy God's justice. But what does satisfy God is me trusting in Jesus, giving him my life. And then what comes is an inward, an inward change that allows me to align my life with God. That doesn't mean I am perfect. That doesn't mean I'm never going to make mistakes again, but that means I have a, I have a new desire that comes from within to live in accordance with God's, God's laws and what he speaks with his word. And I actually had this conversation with a Mormon just the other day. I was telling her about my conversion to Christianity. And she had that question. And she said, are, so w- <laughs> how do you live your life? Do you just, now you've just, you know, you've trusted in Jesus and you're good now for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Like, how does that work? She was, you know, having a, an understandably coming from a Mormon perspective, a hard time wrapping her brain around that. And that's, I told her, I said, well, when you accept Jesus, you become a temple. You then have God's Spirit living within you, and it changes you to the point where you want to honor God. You want to live his ways. And again, that's not going to make me perfect. That's not going to make me do everything he wants. Like, I'm not I'm a robot, but within with his Spirit, I can live to honor him with my life.
1: And it doesn't come from a a guilty conscience anymore, right? It doesn't come from like, oh man, I didn't do those three check boxes, right? It it, it comes from, like you said, and uh, it comes from within. It comes from the spirit. And and man, that's different. Yeah.
0: So we'll talk more about that in lesson seven, eight, and nine of this series. And that's so that's the second arrow. So the first arrow is you trust Jesus. That's how you start a relationship with God, not by keeping the rules. But by trusting that Jesus kept the rules and went to the cross and died for you, the second arrow is then you honor God with your life. It should change you. He does care about how we live. And then the third arrow is is that you make disciples. And I love this. You got you two are already discipling people. We've brought you through the pursuit. You're already bringing other people through it. And that you know that's that was Jesus's plan all along. He wants all of us to get in the game and make disciples. And honestly, you guys are better. At discipling people coming out of Mormonism than I am, because I'm I don't I don't share that experience. And I think that's how that's how Jesus wants it. He wants former addicts to disciple addicts, people coming out of addiction. He wants former Mormons to disciple people coming out of Mormonism because it just puts flesh on the information and it's so valuable to walk with somebody who's been in your shoes. And so that's the that's the third arrow. And you know, when I think about Mormonism, guys, I, I think about Mormonism is is like the second two arrows. I think Mormons are really good at trying to honor God and make disciples, basically. I mean, Mormons go on missions. Bo, you went on a mission. Mormons are so good at that. They're so good at arrow two and three. But here's the problem. Without arrow one, it all falls apart. Without arrow one, it's not Christianity. If If you don't start by trusting Jesus, then you can't honor God. You can't uh, you can't really honor God if you're trying to just keep a list of rules and you're trying to do it on do it on your own power. That that is actually not God honoring at all. That that God hates that actually. He hates that. That's that's Pharisaical. That's what the teachers of the law. That's self righteousness. So I see Mormonism as as like two thirds of the picture, but they're missing the most important thing. It's the thing that kicks the kicks the whole journey off. And so we'll be talking about that in the weeks ahead. But for now, guys, why don't we just wrap it up with this insight that I think could blow people's minds. And here it is, is that before before you were even pursuing God, God was already pursuing you. Or another way to say that is God is more interested in in your pursuit of him than you are and maybe maybe even for you guys as you look back at your story over the last 36 years cuz that's part of your story it's nothing to be ashamed of it's part of your story god wrote that story he he was leading you to this moment where you would open your eyes and come to know who jesus is and instead of like wanting to Get angry at the at Mormonism or your upbringing. You're you're going to say, you know what? That's part of my story, and God's going to use it. God said it like this, or David said it like this in Psalm 139. He said to God, He said, "You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed." And it's really this is part of what people are going to learn in this series is just the greatness of God because because He's not just He wasn't used He didn't used to be human. Because he's not just part of the same species that we're part of, God is so much bigger than that. He's creator of the universe. God is huge. He's enormous. He's massive. And I think, Bo and Katie, that's what you were learning as you as you went through the pursuit just, just a few months ago.
2: I can look back over my life and, and in hindsight, the things that happened to me that felt like the worst, God used them to draw me closer to him. And... I think that you're completely right. God is pursuing us more than we are pursuing him. And I just think it's so important for especially people coming out of Mormonism to, to study this, to study out the Bible and to, to learn who God is and learn who Jesus is, because that's going to change your life and it's going to help. Well, I believe for me that Jesus helped me heal And help me to really have a heart for Mormons who are coming out of it because I understand it.
0: Let's finish with one more verse. It's kind of the theme verse for the Pursue God resources. And it comes from the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 13. And it's a promise. And I love this promise. I think it applies to our listeners today. God says this, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So you know the idea there is that God isn't trying to be elusive. He's not trying to play hide and seek. He he wants to be found by everyone who's listening today. He wants you to experience freedom. He wants you to experience life. He wants to be found by you. And really, the 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 only prerequisite, I guess, is is that you look for him wholeheartedly. So, Bo, maybe I'll give you the last word here. What would you say? that that means like, how would you explain what that means to look for God wholeheartedly to, to a Mormon friend? I think,
1: um, I think maybe it's to, to, to put aside preconceived notions or, or, or or maybe look at it as a child would um, and come to God with an open mind, uh, a willingness to learn and, and, and a willingness to open his word, to, to, to open the Bible. And, and, and if, if you're able to do that, uh, you'll see, hear, feel God and, um, and come to know him.
0: And the problem is Mormons have been taught their whole life that the Bible isn't reliable. And that's what we're going to cover in lesson two. So make sure to join us in lesson two. We're going to talk about why you can trust the Bible, why you can believe that the Bible really is accurate. It really is truthful because if, if you can't believe that, well, then we can't continue on in the series. But God reveals himself in his word, and his word can be trusted. So join us for lesson two. That's what we're going to talk about. Hey, listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast— Would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.